I'm Keith Mills, and this is Live in the Lab. All right. A little bit of weirdness in front of the camera there for anybody who's watching. Because I'm like, hey, where's the button? Where's the button? I can't get it going. How did you go viral on TikTok? You were on America's Got Talent. How much do you get paid to be on AGT? Oh, you didn't get paid. Keith and Steve here in Live in the Lab. You're a great interviewer. I love it. 48 miles, 48 hours. And not just, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> I hit 50 last time, and I'm like, yeah, things are a little different than they were 10 years ago. So trust me, things are to keep you. have no time for the BS that much yeah. of society seems to put on the table. Why is that? Like, what you're talking about is real right now. Like, there's just no bullshit here, but it's just real. We brought you in with some Marley. I said, Joseph, let's talk music for a second. You said, well, Keith, oldies, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I've never talked to a sir before. Why are you a sir? In many ways, we're the same story. I came from nothing. You came from nothing. I think the old saying goes that if you want a trophy, you climb Everest. If you want respect, you climb K2. I've built an AI myself, and it's pretty fascinating when you can have a conversation with yourself with your own knowledge. Have you done that before? Why are we rushing to make these tools if they're all they're going to do is hurt humanity? Does the world need an open moment with AI. What a fun show. Hey, Business Athlete Nation. What's going on? We're back. We got a guest in the chair today. You got Keith Bill sitting in the chair today. We got happiness. We got party time. We got we got it all in the lab today. So no, you just don't got to deal with me talking to you for a few minutes. You got somebody else to hear from today. How's that for a hook? So stick around. You might learn something from a guy named Scott Goodrich. No, not Scott Goodyear. Not the race car driver. Nope. A better yet. We're going from year to rich. Yeah, Scott Goodrich is joining us today. All the way from the warm spot. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. <laughs> yeah, right. Minus 500 today here in Winnipeg. Minus 600 yesterday. No, actually, Scott's joining us from the home of the original Winnipeg Jets. Oh, oh shit. Keith's full of them today. He's got all the jokes. <laughs> No, actually, Scott's from the home of the place that stole my Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, so we're not going to be inviting Scott onto the show today because I got nothing against anybody in Arizona. Oh, did I just give up where Scott's from? Ah, yeah. All jokes aside, love all my friends and family in Arizona, all my transplanted Winnipeggers in Arizona, my family with Shake and Tyler, with Shake and Riley, with Shake and Jody Albert, Auntie Pat, Uncle John, Peoria. Glendale, Mesa. Hey, Scott, I know all of Arizona, man. I can just keep repeating Jackbox, Jackbox. Hey, my cousin got married in Goodyear, Arizona. So I know where Arizona is, man. I'm all over the place. But hey, I know all my viewers that are sticking around right now are wondering what's going on. Well, here's what's going on. So it's January 17th today, and I have an announcement to make. I'm welcoming all the resolutioners into the lab today. Yep, told you guys. Told you all in December, Yank, we're going to make it. I said, now don't. Don't do the resolution. If you do the resolution, you're going to come knock on my door January 15th and say, Hey, Uncle Keith. I'm so, yeah, I failed. I know. I know. I know. When you start a resolution at the beginning of the year because all your friends did, you're more than likely going to fail. Ideally, what you might want to consider, because you know what we do here in the lab. We make recommendations. We make suggestions. And then we empower you to make the decision. So to all my resolutioners, <clears throat> maybe we change the camera for this one here. Okay. Oh, that, that one's not going to work. Let's go back over here. No, that one's not going to work out. So let's go over back over here. To all my resolutioners, I welcome you to the lab. I want you to bring your goal. I want you to bring it here with me one day, noon central time, Monday to Monday. You can bring it privately or you can bring it publicly. And come state it here on the air with me. Sit across the camera like Scott is going to be with me in a couple seconds. And state your goal. What we know as humans, when we state our goals publicly, 70% chance we're going to make them. When we make resolutions privately, we fail. It's true. So, my resolutioners, come to the lab. It's never too late to start. I don't care if it's January 17th, January 25th, February 17th, March 1st, whatever it is. I welcome you here to the lab. Bring your goal. State it publicly. And then we're going to hold you accountable to it. 
And here's how it's going to work. As human beings, I suspect you know I'm going to show up tomorrow. So I'm going to say, hey, Scott, you got to go. I like, guess, Keith, I got to go. I want to climb a mountain. I'm like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. We'll start training together. Scott's going to go, well, shit, Keith's going to be there tomorrow. I guess I got to show up too. And Scott's going to show up tomorrow. And then Scott's going to go, okay, well, Keith's showing up the next day. I guess I better show up again tomorrow. And then what happens is for 100 days straight, I'm just going to show up. And then psychologically, you're probably going to follow me there as well. More than likely, we're going to achieve our goals together. Accountability partners. So resolutioners, come to the lab. Come sign up. Make your public statement and come achieve the goal you want to achieve so we can hold you accountable. All right, there's my monologue. I'm done. Less than six minutes. Out the door. Scott Goodrich, not Scott Goodyear. From Arizona, not Winnipeg, up on the board over there. I'm going to bring him in. We're going to chat about vision, traction, and healthy. Hey, you know, I'm all about systems here in the lab. You know, I vowed to you guys I wasn't going to write a book. I vowed I wasn't going to sell you any systems because you know what? Everybody else has already done it. Oh, they've already written books. They've already written all the systems. What the hell do I need to do it for? We'll just go use everybody else's. So, Scott Goodrich, joining us here in the lab. Let's bring him in. Let's do it. Boom. Scott, I'm awesome. Good to hear. Sound awesome. Love, love the opening. Good stuff. So I want to take it back just a second off your opening. So I'm actually from New England. So we share the age. Uh, we go way back. WHA, think, think Hartford Whalers. Think, think the Howe brothers. Like that's my hockey, right? Playing hockey in the in the ball in Hartford, Connecticut. All right. Really built them all around the arena. Like that, that was what I grew up with and watching the Winnipeg Jets come into town and play. My, at the time, my beloved New England Whalers, uh, that's old school for you. That's the 70s. That's early 80s. Uh, that, that was my hockey team. So I don't have the, I, I feel bad about the Jets because I go all the way back there to that. So I don't have the affinity to the to the Coyotes out here. I, I'm, I'm back with the Whalers. We're now the Hurricanes. So we've all lost teams along the way. We've <laughs> lost them along the way. You've ultimately redeemed yourself, Mr. Scott Goodrich. There you go, man. And, and now, and so you've redeemed yourself. You've dated yourself because now we're both the same age. You say, okay, seven right. New England Whalers. Okay, I know where you're coming from now then. All right, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, and I married, a, my, my wife is a huge hockey fan, Flyers fan. So she grew up Flyers. And so one of the first things we did when she came up to visit my family in Connecticut many, many moons ago, was I took her to a game, and of course she's used to going down to the old Spectrum, seeing the Flyers, Broad Street Bullies, like that was her hockey. We yeah, we go to this place. It's in a mall. Like they play a song when they sing. There's no fog. We're just like, what is this? Why is everyone not standing? Why is there not screaming? Like I don't know. This is what we do in Hartford. I can't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's a little different, little different flavor. A little different. I've been to Hartford once. I was in Hartford uh, two summers ago. My kid was there playing hockey, and we drove through Hartford on the way to, on the way to Boston, and then in, in that part of uh, in that neck of the woods kind of thing. So Hartford's just between Boston and New York. Just kind of cruise passing on the way between. It the is. Two. Yes, it's, it's kind of there, isn't it? It's just the city pops up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, another. Right, just kind of popped. Up. That's right. That's right. So that's where I grew up and bounced around a little bit, but landed in Arizona 15 years ago. So my affinity still back in New England with all those sports. So awesome. that, that's right. That's right. Let's keep the credibility factor going for the audience about Scott Goodrich. So Scott is a professional EOS implementer, business owner, business coach, host of the Grow Your Damn podcast. Very damn business. Oh, yeah. business, business podcast sorry yeah grow your no, damn yeah. business podcast yeah um so first back it up professional eos implementer sure. what's an eos implementer yeah so it's, it's a fancy name for a business coach but we well, the, the folks that do this and there's a little over 700 of them across the world that actually do what i do uh what we do is we just implement the tools and the techniques and the processes associated with EOS. Okay. And EOS is short for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Heard you say you love systems. 
to what attracted me to EOS. It is really just, hey, follow this path for your small business and start to execute with some discipline and accountability and get real traction in your business instead of just winging it. And so when you opened up and saying vision, traction, healthy, that's what we try to bring to the entrepreneurs and the small business owners that, that we work with. And the company itself was founded by the author of the book Traction. So if you've got some small business owners in the audience or some entrepreneurs, they probably have seen Traction, been recommended to read Traction. They've listened to Traction. Um, incredibly popular book in that community. And it lays out very specifically how you can operate your business day to day, week to week, month to month to build up some discipline to ultimately deliver on the execution of this great idea you have for a product or service you want to bring to market. It's about turning that vision into reality and not just hoping it happens. Scott, how did you stumble onto uh, to EOS? And, and, and before you answer that, I, I, as I've started my show here a number of months ago, and I've, I've met numbers of different coaches and lifestyle coaches and business coaches and a system here and a system there and a book here and a book there. Uh, I'm fascinated by the by by the uh, amount of systems and processes and, and yeah. so forth in the market. How did you come across EOS and and what made you decide to buy into this system as your own? Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a great question. I had spent a, a long career working as a W two employee, kind of working my way up through various organizations, always on the upside. So really on the execution of whatever it is, the, the product or service that we were selling in that organization, depending on, on whom I was working with at the time. And when I decided to do something different, I, I talked to a number of different people and I was actually referred over to EOS by someone as I was laying out my background. I said, well, this is kind of what I do. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm about. This is the things I've accomplished. And, and she clearly said, what you need to do is you need to go investigate here she pointed me to the books that are what the whole system is based on. She said, read these, come back to me and see if this does resonate with you. It's an echo with you. Well, it's just one of those things, Keith. Sometimes you read something, you put it away, say, okay, I took a couple things. That's fine. Or you read something and say, oh, wait a second. This is exactly what I've been doing and what I want to do going forward. And, and that's what, when I read Traction and, and there's a second book called Rocket Fuel, when I read those two books, I was like, oh, this is exactly who I am, what I'm about. And then I had two choices. I could go work in a company that was already running on EOS. There's very specific roles for folks that are on the execution side of that. We call them integrators, but those are the folks that make companies go while the visionaries dream up the next big. So that was a path. And I looked at that, but the other path was to actually help multiple companies simultaneously as one who implements and coaches and, and really shows leaders how to make EOS work for them in their organization and run their business using these tools. That's the way I went. Cause I didn't want to be with just one organization, but how can I help multiple companies and, and get that variety while still being able to share all the gems that are inside EOS. Mm -hmm. What, what prevented you from creating your own system? I never really wanted to do that. I don't have anything specifically, Keith, about why I would go out there and do that. I, I certainly had done something similar to that just on the, the coaching for performance side inside larger companies. So mm -hmm. I, I, we had some gaps that I noticed as I was leading some larger teams. It was, uh, it was actually working at Capital One, big credit card company. This is uh, about 15 years ago or so. And, and yeah. realized that there was just some gaps in how the frontline leadership, those folks that that coached people answering the phones or making the calls. Everyone's called a call center before, and I realized we weren't quite delivering what we needed to do for those folks. So I did create some training for them to improve their performance, but I, I, I really didn't have all the tools at my disposal to make it larger than that. It'd be something I cared about. I wanted to really impact um, other organizations. So that, that was the first thing. The second thing is I also own a small business, as you, as you mentioned, 
And I saw what didn't work early on and, and how not everything from a corporate environment translates into a small business. In fact, very little translate into that. And, and it is a different language, different things you have to do. And learning the hard way saw this system applied to the things that I was facing with, with the business that I owned. I said, boy, I wish I knew then what I know now. When I started that business, would it save myself some pain and anguish in, in the launch of that business? So that was a great combination of that coaching, that execution, and then, hey, I, I, I'm running something. I can see how this would work in what I'm doing. And that's a story I can share with others. Scott, coaches are everywhere. And I, and I don't mean that as a negative. I mean that as is that... Uh, you know, we have leadership, we have executives, we have senior human beings offering their expertise everywhere. Yet the gap that I seem to see in the marketplace is that there's all this advice being offered, advice, 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 system, 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 book, book, book. And then it's like, okay, go do it. And the gap is on teaching somebody how to be consistent and accountable. Why is that gap there? You know, that is the million dollar question. And if we could answer that, you know, that, that, that we, we'd probably be doing a whole lot better in the whole world of this coaching that's out there. So um, let's, let's go on people that. have to want, I mean, let's, go, go, go ahead. let's go on that though, then. Okay. If, if I can, cause you say you encouraged me at the beginning to so Keith, let's go back and forth. And so let's yeah. go on that. So you heard my opener, you heard me talk about people's you know, resolutions probably done by now, middle of the month, they've mailed it in. Martin Luther King Day came and, you know, cold everywhere. And I got like, I can go have some carbohydrates and I'm done, done, done trying to hit my goal. Yet, I'm wondering what would happen if your customer knew that Scott's going to show up every single day and said, hey, Joe, come join me tomorrow morning. And why we don't do more of that as coaches. Because I, and I believe, Scott, that if, if Joe knew that you were showing up tomorrow, with whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's psychologically, Joe's going to go, well, shit, Scott's got to be there. I, I got to go there too. Yeah, so- it's a big question, Keith. Here's uh, two, two, two streams of thought as you brought that up there. Yeah. The first is whatever it is that you're trying to, to change with your resolution or with your coach or with your business system, are you feeling enough pain to want to take the steps to do something different? Like, is it bothering you enough? So you, you meant your resolutions, right? Is it bothering you enough that you've got that, that that last 10 or 15 pounds you want to shake? Is it bothering you enough that when you jump on the Peloton, I can only go for 15 minutes and I see these 30 minute rides that I just can't do? Or So does that bother you enough to do something different? I don't know that of you. I'm going to ask that question of you, mm-hmm. but I don't know that of you. Only you know that of yourself. Because if it doesn't really bother you, you ain't going to change it. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess that's really what it comes down to, accountability, isn't it? If it's not bothering you enough. It doesn't bother you enough, right? And, and I find this, and, and we, we do try to ask our clients, when we start with them, before we ask them to commit to anything, spend any time with us, we ask three questions of our clients before they start. One, is EOS right for you? Do you know enough about EOS? to see this is something that makes sense to you that you're on. I don't want to say something you have no clue about or have any interest in. So if you read a book, done a research, and you listened to me talk to you a little bit about it, is EOS right for you? Two, is Scott right for you? Like there has to be a personality match. Keith, if we didn't get along, this conversation would suck. Yeah. Right? If, 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 I'm getting, if I'm trying to work with you pretty intimately and, and talk to you about your business, mistakes you've made, things you need to fix, like give you some real feedback, and you don't like me, that's not going to be very good. So... That, that's got to meet that criteria. And the third thing is, are you really disciplined enough to, to make change? And inherent in that question that we actually ask, do you have the discipline? Is, are you willing to do what it takes? And are you realizing, right? Do you admit that you have something that's not working today that you know needs to be addressed? Because if you're totally cool with just kind of stand on cruise control, fighting those fires, 
working the 78 hours a week that you're doing as you're trying to build this thing and that's somehow rewarding to you and working for you, you're not going to meet the criteria. That's cool. You should go on your way and I'll go try to find the, the next person that maybe is, is in a different spot. Um, it's, it's really, you got to have that self-awareness of it. And, and, and if you don't, I, I can never sell someone on EOS. No. You, you have to be there. You have to reach that point. I'm done. I've lost control. I've hit a ceiling. Yes. Nothing's working. I'm completely frustrated. I started this business for one reason and it's gone. The, um, whatever, whatever it is that's going on, then and only then can we at least have a conversation about EOS and frankly, any other business system. It don't much, right? EOS is, is the thing that I talk about, but any system, you've got to have a willingness to do something different or else you're just going to spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time and be right back where you were. Mm -hmm. I, as I said, what, what seems like where, where there's the gap that continues in the marketplace for humans, frankly, even in the, the wellness fitness industry is, you know, here's your system, here's your system. And then it's up to the human being to have the will and have their own accountability to deliver on, on, on the system. Like you said, the, the light strongly has to be on in their head to be motivated to want to go and show up. Yeah. The other half of that question is, yeah, we ultimately we want to teach you how to, right? We don't want to cook you dead. And so I don't know where that line is in your yeah. mind. Yeah. Let's yes. get your thoughts on that, right? So showing up every day, are you actually, like, so if you said you and I live near one another and tomorrow said, okay, Scott, you're going to, you're going to learn how to run outside because we're going to do marathons in the wintertime with all states. I don't know. We're going to do something crazy. Yes. Like that's our yeah. commitment to one another. Are you, are you serving me dinner every day? If I, if you, I only do it when you show up or are you actually teaching me the discipline said, this is what I do. This is how I get out of bed. This is, this is the routine I have. I'm going to show you how to do this for a few days, but then you've got to do it on your own. Because you're a grown person and you got to figure that out yourself because you're in enough pain, you have enough commitment to whatever it is that we outlined to make it happen. Well, it, 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 that, that happened with me. I had a young man come up to me a number of years ago and say, hey, Keith, you know, I, I want to be successful like you. I'm like, all right, see you at the gym tomorrow at 6. He's like, huh? Yeah. He goes, what does it have to do with business? Like, I'll, I'll see at the gym at six. So he showed up one day at six at six ten late. Uh, didn't show up the next day, and then showed up the third day. Didn't show up again. And then I ran into him a few weeks later. He's like, yeah, I just couldn't do it, man. I just that whole six a.m. thing just didn't work for me. I'm like, all right, it's fine for you. But I, I was there because that was just my belief, right? But it was just that whole concept of I will show you how to do it. I'll lead I'll, I'll lead you horse to water, but you got to drink the water, man. Yeah. And you do everything you can. We create within this system, right? We create these steps for accountability and drive it. And, and we and we really try to lay it out for someone. We do right alongside early on, particularly to, to build this in place. But you gotta turn that you gotta turn it over at, at some point in time. And that, and that I see the struggle. I mean, it's real. And, you, and then you, you start to see why so many businesses, even if they're making money, aren't really well run. But they are succeeding in spite of themselves because they just they just happen to fill the need at the right time and, and that's going along. But you wouldn't actually call them a, a well-run business. And I've seen it firsthand. I've, you know, I've seen it from the client side. I've seen it from my own side. I mean, I, it's it's a shame. And because to you and I who think about this and, and talk about this quite a bit, it's like, well, this is I'm actually handing you to just do this thing. <laughs> to your, just show up at six a.m. How hard is that? Get out of bed. Show up at six. That's not hard. Right? I I said to somebody recently who was interested in starting a business or being an entrepreneur, I said, oh, yeah. They said, oh, yeah, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, be my own boss. I said, why don't you go run a marathon and go trek a mountain first? They looked at me like, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I've done both. I've ran a marathon. I've ran, I've trekked a mountain and I've built a business. And I can tell you trekking a mountain is easier. Oh, yeah. So if you want to go and train yourself for 100 days to either run a marathon or go trek a mountain and you can successfully do that for 100 days, 
then awesome. Then maybe you're cut out to going into business, but, but go do that first, go save yourself the headache, the time, the money, all that energy of starting a business, but go do something like trek a mountain and run a marathon first, because that's the truth or go, or go, or go pick up an endurance sport. You mentioned Peloton, go become a power zone endurance rider for a while, go ride for two or three hours and see if you like that for day after day after day after day, because that's what it takes to successfully run a business. So a question for you, Keith, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Question I ask my guests when they come on my show, I think about it all the time. Do you think entrepreneurs are bored or can they be made? Uh, I, I, great question. My, my gut response is I think you're born. Uh, and then I think the rest are want entrepreneurs. Because in my experience and the people I've had on my show, um, the stories that I commonly hear is, because I was one of them, like I was selling rocks and caterpillars from my parents' driveway at five years old. And I've had people be on the show selling this at six years old. My stepdaughter's trying to sell little paper puzzles at seven years old, right? And there's there's this drive in this human being, either through their parents or guests on my show that have had parents that were entrepreneurs, where they just, they knew this, the struggle or the drive of having to go and make money. I think, I think you're, you're, you're born or you're taught through your environment or you're a want entrepreneur yeah it's here right and and so yeah. just like you're talking about doing anything endurance it's here like i am going to do these things because yes. i'm set up to do it and i'm right and and it you don't you don't ever can't ever think of anything of not doing just that thing right i mean so i was i was having a conversation with, with someone a gentleman and I was representing a guy selling his business and he was going to flip it. And it was for multi-millions of dollars. He didn't give me the details of the deal, but multi-millions of dollars and enough millions of dollars that he would not have to work again. And he was in his, you know, still had time to work, but he didn't need to. And, and then, then the consultant said to him, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, start another business. Like, you don't have to do anything else ever. He goes, I can't not start another business. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's constantly in, that's the fire that burns within. And, and so that to me is, is born. And, I asked that question because I heard Gina Wickman, who, who authored Traction and created EOS, answer this very same question. And he is on the same page you are. You are born with this because it's what's it's what lights your fire. And you and you don't you don't envision yourself doing anything else. Like you would you would revolt if uh, if you were a W two employee. It's like you just couldn't. well, I I I can relate to that. So I, I was, uh, you know, I bootstrapped my company from nothing to, you know, a, a $50 million exit, you know, did, did well for myself, changed my life, changed my family's life, all of that, uh, became a corporate employee for 10 years and uh, got the same paycheck every two weeks hated it because I, I couldn't make any more than what they were giving me every two weeks. Right. And, and as constraints of being that corporate human being, yeah, it was, I, I, I get it and I understand it. And I, you know, and, and I was, I was good at it. Uh, but now I'm an entrepreneur again, and I'm making zero money and uh, having a hell of a lot of fun because I feel like I have a purpose here. Yeah. And I can make more money. There's no sale. And, and, I, and I think it's, it's okay to be, be whatever that is that, that, that works for you. And I've yes. had my foot in both yes. worlds and, and can made it work, but it's not bad. If you're, if you feel that there's a degree of comfort that comes from that same paycheck every two weeks and look, that's a lot of folks, totally cool. Okay. Yes. Right. Awesome. No joke. As a matter of fact, entrepreneurs need those folks to help make their businesses go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. So, exactly. Yeah. Right? So, so totally cool in that, and and knowing that lane. But for others, that if you if you suppress that and, and work for somebody else, you're always potentially feeling like you got the wrong set of clothes on. It's like, okay, I'm going to work there, but this, yeah, they say it's comfortable, but it's not really comfortable. I mean, the company could change direction at any time. So I could say I don't like it. Right. The only comfort is knowing that when I wake up in the morning, what I 
what I'm going to eat for today is what I go out and kill. You know, really having that. But 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 you're right, though, Scott, because somebody who's born as an entrepreneur sometimes look in the mirror and say to themselves, like, what am I nuts? Like, what am I doing here trying to make something out of nothing? But yet the fulfillment of taking a white piece of paper and creating value in that and then selling that and then having that live on beyond you and then employing these people that still work there today. And you can look back and go, yeah, I built that. That is incredibly rewarding. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And and even on the W2 side, you, you find little things that are rewarding. You know, I, t- I took a lot of pride in, in a lot of the mentor relationships that I built, the coaching that I did while I was inside the four walls of that organization. And, and it really sustained me. And it was, it, was a, it was a nice path there. But I'm not sure it got me all the way to where I wanted to be intrinsic, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I'm the same guy that you're talking about, right? I was, when I was a kid, I don't know why I was doing it. But, you know, I was having a, I had a paper out. I was selling stuff door to door. I was, you know, not only mowing my lawn, but mowing neighborhood lawns and created mm-hmm. a little service and employing my buddies to go mow the lawns when I was there. Like, I, I just, I don't know why. That's just what I did. I, that flame dimmed for, for a while. And, you know, we, we, we got back into it about seven, eight years ago. Glad, glad that it did, but it comes with its own um, mental challenges. Let's put it that way. I've been spending a lot of time. Uh, we talked about physical fitness, right? I've been spending a lot of time on mental fitness over the last uh, two, three months and just going, um, spending a lot more time on, on exercising the brain muscle just as much as I might exercise some other muscles by, by having a gym routine. Really, really fascinating work. I've had the chance to spend some time. Talk about that pivot, Scott. Yeah. Hey, not a pivot. I'm seeing it as, as a great um, ride along. To my coaching practice, right? If, you're, if I'm going to coach a, a business owner through some significant change or uh, in, in involving a different way of executing on his or her business, there's a little bit of therapy that goes along with that, right? There is going to be some one-on-one time. I mean, I work with owners and their leadership team. So the, the coaching is really for a group of individuals and facilitating them to use these tools. But what I'm finding is, first off, I need to be in the right frame of mind to go in there and help them. So take care of me first on that and, and being selfish about understanding, okay, what is it that I'm all about and make sure that I'm very clear and vulnerable bringing that to the table. But, but then secondly, understanding as folks hear things, bringing them some of what I'm learning around these may be getting in your way. And, and the platform that I've been using is called Positive Intelligence um, and, and really just talks about what are the things that work against you in your in, inner thoughts. Those are called saboteurs. And what are the things that should be working for you? And those are called your sage powers. And the more time you can spend using your sage powers and the less time you spend having your saboteurs derail you, the better off you'll be. But what we find, scientific studies all over the place about this, is that most every human spends more time on their saboteur and spending having the saboteurs influence their mind as opposed to the, to the sage and the wisdom that we know exists within all of us. Really fascinating. And it's, it's been a great journey for me just to, personally, just what, what I've learned and, and now with my family as well, having them go through it. So really fascinating. The saboteurs, you mean like the, like the bad devil on the one shoulder telling me to open the peanut butter jar and the other one on, on the shoulder saying, Keith, don't do it. That one, they keep talking about that one there. I saw your note from November clip. I, I don't know if I could stop peanut butter, Keith. I got to be honest with you. You're a good man. You, did you make it through the whole month of November? Hey, look, look, I'm going to show you. Yeah. Is it still tape shut? Brother. <laughs> I have been accountable. So you talk about the power of, so I brought up accountability earlier because I've, yeah. I can notice this gap around discussion on LinkedIn and just in society around the power of public accountability. Mm-hmm. And what I have learned by doing this show. So I go live every single day and and when I speak my words, I need to be accountable to them because I never know who's listening. So when I made this statement on November 1st, I don't know how I can go back on that now. And 
it has been a wonderful lesson for me in public accountability. Now it's opened up a whole other can of worms because I also do believe in also beginning again so that when I do open this up, that I have the permission to restart my journey after the bad saboteur got the best to me and said, open the fucking peanut butter jar up, yeah. right? So it's, it's, it's opened up a whole other discussion in my head, Scott Goodrich. <laughs> no, wonderful. It's a scary and wonderful place to be is to spend that time, time in your own head. Yeah. So the, 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 the saboteurs that, that are there, they're, I, I'm not going to steal the thunder. Shazad Shamin is the author of the book, Positive Intelligence. It's his program. So to be clear, I'm just a participant and student and at some point in time, hope to be able to share this with others, but I'm, I'm going through my own practice and learning. You're a deliverer right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, a user and a learner and hopefully sometime can be a sharer. That's what, you know, kind of going through that. Fair. But the, but the set that, you know, I can, and I can speak very personally about my, the saboteurs that I've there, there's a very quick assessment. There's a lot of these assessments out there, but very quick assessment. And just what is the power of the saboteurs? There are nine of them that exist within me. You, everyone has all nine to varying degree, but there are a couple dominant ones. And the first thing that is a sort of, you think about is, well, certainly weren't born with any of them. These are not genetically encoded. So stuff has happened to you. And in order to handle that stuff, particularly when we're younger, mm -hmm. right? In order to handle that stuff, you react in a way. Your brain has been now wired to react in a way. So when this input happens, it's going to go right down the left side of my brain into these things that actually are there to cover for me, but they actually work against me because I'm using all of that armor that I've built up over the time. So for me, my, my saboteurs that, that at the top, they are being hyper-rational, they are being restless, and they're being hyper-achiever. So those are my three, those are the top three of the nine that are out there. And there's others, there's pleasers, there's controllers, there's avoiders, they're not doing off the top of my head, but so there's, so we all have them, but those just are my dominant ones. But what that means to me is that there are things that I've done over the course of my life to, because of those saboteurs and not being on the same side and taking a minute just to say, wait, things are pretty good right now. Why are you so chasing the next thing? And it's not that you don't set goals to be motivated, but why are you not enjoying the moment mm -hmm. in the present mm -hmm. rather than being restless and thinking that's what else out there or oh i'll be happy when i get to that next stage i'll be happy when i get that next step. i'll be happy when my business reaches this next milestone that's a that's a tough way to go through living because it creates a lot of a, a lot of anxiety and if you just took your sage brain for a minute and realize when you're doing that you could redirect that thought push it down the right side of your brain and all of a sudden you're having a much better intercom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right give yourself some credit for the stuff that you've done Take a moment to celebrate the things that you got there. Take a moment to appreciate that, right? Live more presently. Um, sounds simple, but man, we don't do it. I mean, I don't, I can't say we, I don't do it enough. And uh, it's really, really top of mind for me in the time that I'm spending working on myself as we started 24. Hey, Scott, talk about your podcast. Talk about uh, Grow Your Damn Business podcast. When did you start it? Uh, what, what precipitated you starting it? How often do you go? the challenges, the joy, uh, paint, paint a picture for the audience. And I ask it because my audience only knows about, you know, my, the experience I share with him building this show on, on, on a daily basis, share, share with us your experience. I'm going to go back just a little bit. So when I was going into to college, the late high school years, going into college, I dabbled a little bit. I was on a radio show. I was working behind the scenes in a couple of radio shows. Just love that, that platform. Didn't pursue it, went a different way. 
early in my career, uh, just has led, led a different way. Um, certainly listened to a lot of podcasts, so fan of the medium and see, see it coming back around. And but so earlier in 23, I got asked to go on a show and talk a little bit about EOS. And so my peers were with me and just the experience was awesome. I, I don't know what to say. Now the host did a great job. I was just a guest at the time. And it really got to me, th- got me thinking like, why wouldn't I spend more time in this medium that I really enjoy that I like? And I was at the time having a lot of great conversations with a lot of cool people, but it was just me and them, right? We were having it off camera, offline. We were mm-hmm. doing a Zoom coffee, whatever the heck we were doing. Sure. Let me bring those forward. And so really, I just sought out really cool, interesting folks, business owners, typically, who were willing to be vulnerable and share what worked, what didn't as they came along the way, maybe what's still not work. And let's just talk about what it means to be an entrepreneur, go out there and as you said earlier, take a piece of white paper and, and create something. So that's the stories that we tell. We, we try to tell those stories about entrepreneurs. Uh, we like to say they're overnight success stories, years in the making, right? None of that stuff happens overnight. It takes a lot of hard work, waking up every day, make it happen. So that's the story. We go once a week, started it this summer, 30 something episodes strong, haven't missed a week yet. That's the discipline, try to stay consistent on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the good stuff. I love doing it. Tons of fun, passion play, um, get to talk. We don't even talk about EOS specifically. We just talk about stuff that has worked for people, what has. Um, so it, it, it's really those general conversations. We talked about climbing mountains, had a, had a cool, cool uh, lady on that uh, just wrote a book, but she is the first woman to ever summit the second highest peak on all seven continents. So it's the seven second highest summits. She also did Everest as well. So just meeting people like that, like what, what's, what's she about? What got her there? What, you know, that, that kind of story. It's been a wonderful way to network. Hasn't it, Scott? It's been, I I know as I've got myself back into the game, it's uh, really opened my eyes to be an incredibly immediate form of instant networking with people. Yeah. And lots of, lots of the medium, it's out there, right? We know, and there's millions of, of podcasts and, and, but there are those that can to stay consistent. You're, you're, you're super right. And doing it every, every day. I just admire the heck out of that. I wish I wish I could, could do that. And, and right now, once a week is about all I can get to with the other stuff that I've got going on, but man, I, I do love it. But the getting to certain milestones, know that you at least got a chance to make it right. So many people flame out the first 10, first 20 episodes. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm in the thirties and with a goal of, you know, let's, let's get one a week this year and see what happens at the end of this year. Right. Yeah. Just, we'll just hit that number uh, and see how we do. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for being able to do it there. That's all the good stuff. And, and that part of it, um, what's the challenging stuff. I would say I, three come immediately to mind. Yeah. Uh, the first is sometimes some guests come on and, and they just don't deliver the way they want to deliver that they, they, they're looking for themselves and um, it's not much of a conversation and then they don't follow up and then they ghost you after you had them on your show. And I'm like, what was the point of that? And it, cause it's, it's my investment. I mean, I'm funding the pot. It's my risk. So got to be careful on that. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is my saboteur on hyperachiever. Why isn't it growing faster? Why isn't there, you can get hung up in the vanity metrics, which mean nothing, but they mean, but you can see them, right? Any, I don't know, Keith, you look, uh, but you you know, whoever you're using to push a show out, you can see how many people saw it live, how many people downloaded it later. Like it's there, the metrics are there. I like to keep score. And it's a, it's a bummer when it, it's not, you know, going like it should be. I'm like, this is, this is a good episode. Why didn't, it, why didn't anyone grab that? Like, what am I missing? <laughs> so that's the internal shatter. And the third is, look, my social media game is not as strong 
as you can be. I, it's it's definitely in my quadrant, but I don't like it. I'm not very good at it, so I don't spend a lot of time on it. And so that's something I've got to address. Um, like, but it but it does cause some additional inter- internal chat around because there is a there is a way that you can use that social media to really drive drive your message out there through through the podcast. I haven't really. So those would be the three negatives that come come top. Let's so let's have a conversation. So let's go back up to number one. Yeah. So the guests that come on the show and they just talk nonstop, right, Scott? Like just ad nauseum, right? Or just talk, 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 talk. My wife was saying to me on Friday, goes, how was the show today? I'm like, well, I probably spoke for about three minutes. <laughs> you, you, got, you got two risks there. The one is the guest that doesn't talk and you're like extracting. Now, I have not, fortunately, have not had that issue. Yeah. I have had the other, I have had the other. Um, but then the worst part of it is the folks that say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really going to share your show. I've got this great network. And then you can't get them to like repost or do yes. anything with the content that was done. Like, just give me a little something here. We spent a lot of time together. I thought was, you know, even if it was a, what I thought was a good recording, it did go. So the ghosting guests, very few, but I have had a couple of guests that have ghosted me post release. Yes. Um, have, you, have you had that one where they just like ghost city? Like, never be seen. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I've, I've, ha- I've had them all. Uh, I've had them uh and I, I i love all of my guests that have come on just as i'm as i'm sure you 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 do uh i i find it's um and again like yourself we grew up with talk radio right so we're just doing talk radio right now right so we now can know what that whole experience was like you know back in the olden days of listening to our hosts on am talk radio now we're just doing it ourselves uh and yeah some guests believe that this platform is for them to do nothing but spew their their stuff and uh, not have a dialogue where i'm like well let's have a conversation like i i'm sure i want to talk about your book but i also want to get to know scott too i want to talk about scott I, my audience wants to get to know scott too so that the audience can have credibility in scott so that the audience might be interested in your book not just hear about your book for 58 minutes <laughs> you know yeah, I, it's hard. And, and look, even as a guest, I'm conscious of it, right? I mean, I've got stuff to share and I'm trying to make sure that uh, this conversation is adding some value and re- reach what's but I get it. At least if you got someone that's excited about it, that's that's part of the way there. But it should should be a give and take. And I and I look think back what the episodes that I would say, hey, these were really good episodes. We were really vibing, right? We were really sharing. We yeah, well, because I think because people want to hear a conversation. I, I think people's natural voyeuristic tendencies they want to hear a conversation. They want to watch people have a conversation, not one person talk the whole time. So when somebody can can hear a back and forth dialogue, uh, a debate, opinions. Um, you know, that, that's, I think it's, it's, it's entertaining. And I always like to say on my show, entertaining and informing, we let, we let, we let them, we let others do the informing and boring. We entertain and inform. So, uh, yeah, so we have the, the guests that doesn't, we have the guests that talk too much, the guests that don't talk. I don't mind the guests that don't talk. Cause I feel like I can bring it out of them. Um, and then what about, what about in your world, Scott, the world of 60 minute sound bites? I know as I was starting my show, I was trying to be everything to everybody creating clips here clips there tiktok here and i was like wait i'm a fucking long form show i like good conversations i like i like a topic i'm long form that's what it's going to be yeah that's what i like but i that's not the reality of the the attention shifting population that that, that is out there and the and the and how folks are trying to consume multiple things simultaneously and so how much do you do you bend to that and, and where do you hold hold the line so how do you do it? What do you do? I made the decision that I was going to stop the social media beyond LinkedIn, which is where my where my clientele is, where my people are, where I spend some time at least trying to just learn about businesses and, and actually use it as, as a platform to share some stuff. 
and then I, I push it out on YouTube, but just for, so it's shared video as well as audio. That's it. I got out of the rest of it. It was, it was causing me some internal anxiety because I know that it was a weakness. I knew that it would be more resources that I would have to commit either my own time or money to have someone else to be there. There's no guarantee that my potential clientele or listening audience would be there. So I said, no. So, you know, I, and I, I ironically did it in November, but I said, no, I said, no more Facebook, no more TikTok, no more Instagram. I'm off those things. I need to just get narrow in what I'm doing. Be true to that. Here's the link to the show. Here's here's a little teaser video. Stop. Accept. That's the decision that I made. It at least helped bring me some some calm where I was having some some. I was just getting anxious about all. Oh, I gotta go do this. I gotta go do that. I gotta go get this cut. It was it was just a lot. And I you know I'm doing other stuff. I've got other I have to balance my podcast with my with my coaching with my with the business that I run. So I had to balance that, and it, it just couldn't be all that time to to produce the to produce what I what needed to be produced to make those platforms work. I, I can, I, I can relate to your FOMO cause I'm doing that every single day. And I was like, wait a minute, we're trying to be everything for everybody. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy. And I believe that the people that are following me, if it's interesting to me, it's going to be interesting to them. For example, I had a guy on my show last week who, as we're talking, he just subtly lets out that he used to sell F 18 fighter and he's talking and he's talking and he's talking and that little blurb falls out. And I'm like, hold on a second here. Did you say you sold F-18 fighters? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, all right, pause. We're going overtime. We're going to talk about that for the next hour. I don't care about your book. I don't care about anything else you've accomplished in your life. I really want to learn about selling F-18 fighters. F-18 fighters for a living, right? So so that to me, so, I'm, so my audience is like, yeah, because I'm thinking my audience is like, well, yeah, Keith, we got to ask about that. Yeah. Then I had a guy on the show the next day who worked for DARPA for three years. And I'm like, wait a minute, you worked for DARPA, the biggest military budget in the world to solve nothing but, you know, uh, hey, let's have billions of dollars to create tech, create technology to solve defense for the United States. Oh, what's that like working there? So, so again, it's like, it's to your point, having interesting conversations with interesting people and then trying to fit that into today's marketplace, right? Into one minute, two minute, three minute sound bites. But I like to give my audience gold nuggets. You gave the audience a gold nugget a few minutes ago, Scott, by having the awareness and having the courage and saying, no, um, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing this only. It takes courage to do that. And I have the FOMO. I mean, I have a, a former uh, friend of mine from who used to live out in Arizona. He's moved out. He's a, he's a, he's a business coach. He, he only coaches lawyers and helps them build their practices. That very niche on what, what his coaching is. He, I mean, I can't flip open TikTok even when I you know, take a few minutes personally to check it out or without seeing you know, three, three, five videos from him. They're cool. He's trying to get some traction there. I have no idea if it's working, but there's a little FOMO like, well, why can't I do that? Yes. It's that little, that little restless saboteur pops right back up in my shoulders. Well, I can't, I, why can't I do that? Yes. You made a decision not to do that. So I recognize it. I push it away and say, this is what you're going to do with this. That, that, that was my original intent of hosting a podcast was not to do those things. So why are you getting all wrapped around the axe? Like yeah. that? that was not why I got into the thing. I got into it because I like it having good conversations. If someone wants to consider hiring me as a coach and they can reference the 30 episodes that I've done when I'm talking to other owners about some stuff, then great. They don't also great, but that's there. It's going to sit there and I'm not going to sweat whether I can get a cool 20 second cut onto a TikTok video, which may be seen by someone who never is going to see me again. I just, I had, I, you can, you can hear my voice. I still wrestle with it, but at least I've come to that decision. I'm not yes. going back. 
on that, right? My peanut butter is still wrapped tight. So I can appreciate your vulnerability, uh, Scott, and I can appreciate where you're coming from because if I can offer this, I would suggest to you because it's because it's with me, I'll offer it first. Part of this has to do with what 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 the agent says in my license. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not actually 51. I should be on TikTok. No, wait a minute. No, actually, maybe I shouldn't be and I should be where my audience is and I need to recognize that. But yet in my brain, I'm still 20 years old and I can lift 500 pounds, right? So it's that same, am, am I, I'm right, ain't I, Scott? Because I, I feel like a, feel like the old guy when I, when yeah. I said it, but I also be true to, I don't enjoy spending any time on it. So not only did I do that, but I turned off the social media stuff that I was just looking at personally, just even to grab some news and some sports growth. So I, I cut the Twitter X, I cut the Facebook there. I only use TikTok occasionally. Like I just, I'm just trying to purge those things out of there. That's not who I am, hmm. not where I want to spend my time. So hmm. I'm going to stop. So I'm not going to put my stuff there and I'm not going to really get wrapped around it. You know, haven't missed it every now and then. It's kind of cool to hear what my favorite sports writer said about whatever that was going on in the game last time. But you know what? I watched the game myself. So I, do I really care what they said? I just watch it. I know what I think about it. So that's good. That's fine. So FOMO is a great way to describe it. I, I, yes. I'm not going to have it. I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, my life has not been diminished by the fact that I hadn't, wasn't, it wasn't flipping open Twitter during the NFL playoff games. I didn't miss anything in my, in my life by not. I, I made the investment and made the pivot uh, a number of months ago from stopping to try to become a YouTube channel. And I've decided to move to a, a subscriber-led, newsletter-led, Substack-led business where I'd rather have a thousand people that I know and are paying me, pick a number, eight bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, uh, instead of trying to frantically make videos for YouTube and not knowing who my audience is and trying to make a few bucks here along the way. So I made the decision to go build a subscriber-led, I want I want to own my audience and I want to rent the audience. And I believe that's the future of, of, of tomorrow's media, which is owning your audience, your micro communities, your tribes. So that's what we're doing here in the lab. No, I love it. And I think, I think it's a great, it's a great pivot. And I love what you're, what you're saying there, right? Because one of the things that I did hear early on from a lot of folks, you gave me some advice around podcasts is it really is not about how many it's about who, and you want to have that right group of who's that, that are there that, that are at least resonating with what you're sharing and somewhere down the line, maybe able to add some value either as a future guest or as a recommendation or, you know, wherever that might lead. Um, and yeah, that little micro community is, is a great way to, to think about it. So it's, but that's learning and, and you, it's harder to get wrapped up in it, right? I mean, I, I literally just saw an email. I opened it up before we started from a guy that I met. I'm going to be on his show in February. I introduced him to someone else who I thought would be a great guest for his show. And he said, well, I just crossed X amount of downloads. And I'm like, well, shit, now you get more downloads than I have. And I've been doing this for longer. How did that break? So it, it popped right back up again. I had to pause, yeah. take a breath and say, okay, that's actually not what I'm about. Congrats to him. He yeah. shared it voluntarily. You should celebrate him for that. I'm over here doing this. Yeah. And that's a minute for me to, to, to have that re- Diversion, but I did not let it slow me down for my day. I, I was able to, to redirect. But there, I can tell you a few months ago, I've been a lot of jealousy, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of stuff that would have popped up when he's sharing that in such a short window when I've been doing it for longer and I'm not at that same same level. I had the same experience, maybe with the same person. <laughs> maybe. So <laughs> I, I can relate to those feelings. I can relate yeah. to those emotions. Uh, but I will also offer advice from one, I'm not a coach to, I say that tongue in cheek, for, I'm one from not a coach to a coach is, as you know, comparisons are killers. We can't compare ourselves to others. The more we compare ourselves to others, the more we kill ourselves, right? And sometimes we need to hear that from our friends. So I'm telling you that, friend. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's in my head. It's there. Yeah. I, but that's my saboteur. 
So the hyperachiever saboteur is all about. But but now, but now here's the flip side though, Scott. Sure. So here's the logical data side. Okay. So yeah, you're sucking. Why isn't your numbers up? Yeah, the data is telling you that you should. That you, the data is showing me, Scott, that nobody likes your show. Yeah, the data is showing me that everybody likes his show. Yeah, the data is showing me that people are turning out. So it's wrestling with, okay, no, but I got to keep going. I got to keep going because I know if I keep going, people are going to show up. I got to keep going. People are going to show up. No, but the data says you suck, yeah. right? It's that conundrum, isn't it? hundred percent. And, and it's, and you have to be able to separate the things that you know that you can do and can control. Yes. Right. So EOS, all about scorecarding. I run my business on scorecards. Yes. Talked about putting a scorecard out for my, my pod. And, yes. I, and I stopped. I stopped. And it uh, wasn't that, and the reason, the reason why was a lot of the stuff there was not in my control. It was going to be generated elsewhere. So the only metric that I hold myself accountable to my podcast is one a week for every week this year. Yes. That is the only thing that I've signed up for on that. I have plenty of other metrics in my coaching business. My wife and I run our business on a scorecard. Like we are, we're, we're tied in that, a lot of controllables there. But the podcast thing, I just, I just didn't see it that way. And once again, was not the intention. Uh, so I think my recognition of those things when they pop up is much faster now. And it does not cause me that same degree of anxiety or, or restless self-doubt, those other things that pop like, why are you doing this if only X amount of people are grabbing the darn show? Mm-hmm. Ever had that internal thought? Like, why are you spending your time to get the guests, set them up, do this, push it out there, hire a production company? You do it because you why you start doing it in the first place. You like to do it, you have fun doing it, you're having good conversations, you're creating some great platforms for your guests. Like stick to those whys, you'll 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 be fine. Yeah, and I and I believe that if you can stick to those whys, um, you'll be the one percenter of the ninety-nine uh, out of the hundred percent because ninety-nine percent are gonna give up. Yeah, that, and that's the those are the real numbers for yes. sure. <laughs> those are the numbers, right? The attrition rate, the pod fade. Whatever you want to describe it as, those, that that's real stand. Yeah, so, so again, it's 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 wrestling with either outliving everybody, or wondering whether your format doesn't work, or whether you just haven't found enough people to like your format yet. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Peloton. Are you a Peloton rider? I am. I am. Uh, so I was a runner, and uh, so my 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 two passions for a while there were running and golfing, but they weren't mixing very well. The the pressure on the running and then switching yeah, to yeah. the golfing oftentimes in the same day was not was not good to me. So I, I peaked with my running in 2014. Okay. Um, I, I qualified for and then ran the Boston Marathon the year after the Congratulations. occurred. Uh, that was my my peak running achievement, if you will. Um, and uh, ran a little bit after that, but just couldn't mix it from a health standpoint. So got into it. Got into the Peloton in 19 and have been, uh, you know, that I do, I do have some scorecards and some metrics on that, but I, I don't miss too many days on, on that Peloton. I, I, I'm doing a couple of rides a day. Are you on a tread, the bike or the roll? I'm, I'm on the bike. Uh, on the bike. The, the tread, I really have shut down the running for the most part. I will occasionally do it, but just, it was just too much in the back. The, the Peloton gives me a chance to really get the cardio without having the, the pounding on the back. So it's people safe. who know me know that I'm a, so I'm a, I have a 197 week streak going on Peloton. I've been on it for 197 weeks. It's my social proof. I'm a big fan of the platform. Yeah. Uh, I ride every single day. Uh, share with me, share with the audience why you enjoy the platform. What do you enjoy about the platform? Well, and th- this gets to a little bit of that, but there, I, I have always tracked, even before Peloton was around, tracked what I did each day from a workout, right? So you're, you're getting a little, right, execution. You got to track it. You got to know what you've done, what you're going to do, lay it out. So I actually started Keith with P90X in 08. Oh. That was a, did you ever do P90X? Did yeah. You Tony Horton guy? Oh yeah. We're okay. We're going to, we're going to go there. Are we? <laughs> we're going to go there. So 
So here, here's my, here's my uh, very pretty, and I, uh, very, very short, but I, I, I had my grandfather had passed and I put on a suit that I had worn just a couple of years ago and that dang suit was not, was not there. And I'm like, what, what are you doing, man? You, I, you know, I've always, I've always been in pretty much in shape, but I sure. was like, okay, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, that's it. I little, but I said, I, I need a coach, ironically. I said, I can't, I can go to the gym, but I'm not going to do this the right way. But I know I'm pretty, so can I bring this to my home? So P90X, I found it, it found me. I don't know, but I was like, this is something I can do. I have the space in my house to do this. Like I can do this. Coach Tony, take me on the way. And I did 90X and then I did two and then I did three. Then he did some one-on-one things from his house. And I bought all that. I'm like, I was in it. And so Tony and I rode, we were together for four or five years. Nice. And I was doing all this. That's what got me started. And then the running and that, you know, so, but that I, I, the credit goes there where, where it was due. Um, that's what got me going and, and got me onto a program, a system that I knew I could follow that would allow me to, to, to get back to where I needed to get back. So I tracked that myself, but Tony tracked it, right? He encouraged you, gave you the booklet, do the tracking. Yeah. Yeah. Peloton just does it electronically. It just, it just fit for me, right? I can see it. I, if I want to be in a competitive day, I can put on the, the leaderboard and be competitive. Yeah. Yes. I just do it for myself. I can just take it for myself and say, this is a rest day. I'm just going to knock out this 30 minutes and that's going to be good. Um, and it's all right there for me. And I can yeah. go back and look at it. That, that's why that platform hit for me. It, it allowed me the tracking, still gave me the control. Um, I, like I said, I had the space to be able to do it in the house. And uh, I might, probably bought my bike just a little before you because um, my streak's just a little bit longer, but it's only because I just try to, at minimum, even on my vacation, I find a bike somewhere and get a ride in. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I, uh, the, the game changer for me with the Peloton was when I discovered the power zone stuff. Then yeah. I, then I learned that it wasn't just a fun spin class bike. It was that, okay, I can learn from guys like Dennis Morton and Matt Wilpers and Christine Dercole, yeah. and I can go and learn how to ride my bike and learn how to be good at riding my bike. And that's when I truly enjoyed the platform. Uh, and learned- Wilpers is a monster. That He's guy is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's a monster. I mean, I have done a few of those. I, I saddled up from 75 minute ride with him a couple of times. Like, right, I'm feeling my age a little bit. I'm not a little younger than, than, than me. But so, brother, we got, we got the 120 minute coming up on February 3rd. We'll have to, if you can find me, Keith, be fast. I'm on the pellet. So I find saw me. that on your note. I'm going to grab it. Yeah. So, yeah. one thing I haven't done, and Keith, I ask you about this, I haven't hit that hard on the social side. Like, I do my stuff and you know, do the high fives, whatever. But have you found there to be a, for you on it? Yeah. Do you have a group? Have you found the community side of it to be really helpful for you? I, I have not. No, okay. I've, uh, uh, I, I have, you know, and I, I haven't actively pursued it, frankly. I'm um, just curious. Yeah. There's some new, there's, I see the groups on there. I haven't. There's, there's a crew of folks that do what I do, coaches that are, that are Peloton yes. folks as well. So there's an EOS crowd and, you know, but yeah, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll just hook up there. We can, we'll keep each other accountable. Uh, and we'll, we'll help Absolutely. each other. I will say one quick thing before we go. One thing I do really enjoy about the platform, and I'm sure you do as well. And 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 again, when I try to, or when I tell people about it, is that when I when I don't want to do something for 30 minutes, and I'm like, I don't want to do yoga for 30 minutes. It's so easy to do three 10 minute classes or six five minute classes. Like just the, the concept of blocks of time, so easy to do, right? So easy to do. Yeah. And look, sometimes I fall exactly along with the coach. Sometimes I say, you know what, I'm gonna yes. just listen to this. This is the music yes. I want or whatever. I'm just gonna cruise for this time. Sometimes I'll turn it off and I'm like, okay, there's a, I'm watching watching a football game and I'm going to go ahead and, and pedal along here. I get the variety, get get to do it, and, and so it, it hits on a lot of different levels. And I can I can really kind of self guide along the way. But it's also there if I don't want to self guide and I want to really learn what you're talking about. 
think it hits both those sides for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a devotee, as they say, devotee. You, me too. Uh, and a fascinating business. I, 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 and I'm fascinated with the business case about Peloton as well. I'm, I would love to have John Foley on the show to talk about that whole, like, that whole business thing. I just fascinates me, frankly. But, anyways, he, Scott, he was on the Guy Raz podcast. I don't get caught on that. He was awesome. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it was a good one. Awesome, awesome. I just, I want to ask him about the statement of, yeah, we're going to fly bikes across the ocean if we have to, back when the pandemic was happening. Yeah. I was sitting on the couch going, what? You're a superhero man flying bikes across the ocean? Woo! Money's yeah. falling from the sky. We're just sending bikes across the ocean. They were rolling for a while. Oh, yeah. They were rolling awesome. for a while. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, Scott Goodrich, thanks for joining me here today. Is there anything that I did not ask you about that the audience needs to know about that you want to make sure the audience knows about that we haven't talked about today now is your time to throw that out there yeah just just a couple things that i would that i'll offer up so as i mentioned what i do is based on the book traction if anyone is interested in a free copy of the book i'm more than happy to provide that to them it's not my book but i have copies available for people they can just email me scott.goodrich at eos worldwide i can get you a copy of the book i send you a link it's real simple my nickel goes to you. So I'm happy to do that. And then also same email address. If you have any interest in doing some planning for your family. So one of the things that we do at EOS with our clients is we work through a, a vision and traction doc, planning document for the business. And it's a very simple business plan, two pages. Well, we also have one for the family. So my wife and I use this, but you just plot out what are your goals, wishes, and dreams for your family? What are the things that you're going to do this quarter to make that happen? What are the things that may get in your way? And just kind of put it all in one spot. So once again, you're acting with intention, you're executing, you're staying disciplined and accountable. I have those available as well. If there's any interest in either a family planning document or if you'd like a copy of the book, hit me up either there or on LinkedIn. Um, hopefully you drop that in there, Keith, but either way is cool. I'd love to love to share and get those in your hands. Awesome. 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 Scott, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate you joining me here in the lab. I'm going to stick you back in the green room for a second. Stick you back in the green room. Uh, say goodbye to the audience and come back and walk you out. Work for you. That's great. Thanks, Keith. Great chat with you. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Hang tight one second. We're going to do this here. We're going to put this on there. We're going to go this here. And I always like to do the play-by-play -play for you guys. Ah, there's some music. Hey, so another great chat here in the lab with myself, Scott Goodrich, EOSWorldwide.com backslash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Again, not good year. Nope, not the race car, a good rich. So if you're looking for some stuff on EOS, uh, vision, traction, healthy, family planning, anything like that, go, go check out Scott. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Always a good time here in the lab. We talked belt on, we talked self saboteurs. We talked staying out of the peanut butter jar. We talked about accountability. Uh, we talked about podcasts and the commitment it takes to do all that stuff. I hope you enjoyed today's chat. We'll see you guys tomorrow here back in the lab. You know who we are. Monday to Monday, your accountability coach, accountability specialist, the guy bringing it every single day. We show up. See you guys tomorrow. I'm Keith Bellis. I'm live in the lab.